Hello and welcome to the FT Advisor podcast, the weekly podcast series brought to you by FT Advisor. I'm Imogen Chu, reporter at FT Advisor and financial advisor. Joining me today is Catherine Knowles, Managing Director at Cura Financial Services and DBAC Joe Bamputra, Deputy CEO of Vitality. We will be discussing how the protection industry can support those living with mental health problems from the reasons behind why so many of those experiencing challenges with their mental health are turned off the industry to whether a shift in underwriting practices is needed to break through some of the current barriers blocking their access. Recently, a director at the Association of British Insurers, Yvonne Braun, said the insurance sector was a sleeping giant that had huge but unrealised potential to protect the UK against mental health. She said the industry had done a lot of talking about mental health, but that talk was cheap. So the problems for consumers have been well documented. High prices, exclusions, the method of disclosure and accessibility to the industry have been identified as the key problems faced by those suffering with mental health. But Catherine, what are the main problems around mental health for protection advisors? I think the main thing is knowing, it's it's sort of the best way to communicate with a client. It's It can be very, very difficult for somebody to open up and have the guts to speak with an advisor and sometimes share what can be some of the deepest, darkest moments of their life and their feelings. And to do that and not know if you're going to get support at the other side, is it does take a lot to be able to do that. And similarly for advisors, it's quite hard sometimes because if you are suddenly speaking with somebody and when we're going through these applications and we're asking these questions, you know, to take quite an extreme example in a sense, if you are speaking to somebody about how they've had multiple suicide attempts and then they maybe go into, if they're quite open, to discuss the triggers to those events, which can be quite you know, there are quite serious things and events that have happened to people. And that can be quite difficult for an advisor themselves as well to, to listen to and to then also know how to respond because you want to make sure that the person knows that you're listening to them, that you've understood what they've said. But then you also don't want to um, make it sort of like going to that kind of thing of saying, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, I know how you feel. And, ooh, yeah, and you, you need to make sure. And it, it, you can get kind of a bit paranoid that maybe you're not responding in the right way big thing as well sometimes is how the wording of the insurance policies are put together. It's something I've mentioned um, before in other areas. Um, the questions at the moment, they say, you know, you know, if you've had anxiety, you know, when did you last experience symptoms of anxiety? Now, as, I thought, you know, as somebody who has anxiety, that's really hard to pinpoint. And because you are somebody who has anxiety, you are very aware of when you maybe feel anxious compared to someone who's never had that kind of diagnosis given to them. Okay, interesting. And Deepak, what do you think are the key stumbling blocks from a provider's perspective? I mean, firstly, if I can just maybe make a point that I think it's a really positive sign that there's a strong movement for society to talk about mental health more openly It's traditionally been a very difficult area to talk about with quite a strong stigma associated with it. And we we have seen a number of prominent people opening up about the challenges that they faced. And I think this really helps how many people lead normal lives managing their health. And mental health is a really important part of overall health. Secondly, it's uh, well recognised that your health not only encapsulates your physical and medical or clinical health, but must also include your mental health. So, you know, you may have heard the phraseology, there's no health without mental health. And I think the protection industry is also moving in line with general society, recognising that more needs to be done to support individuals that may be suffering with mental health in line, in line with the movement that we're seeing around this subject. I know it's been a big debate at a number of uh, protection events, particularly the Protection Review recently, 
There are a number of industry working groups looking to improve on the current ways in which we do things. Specifically, I think we can start by making it clearer to advisors and consumers around what's covered and what may not be covered and the reasons around this, you know, the reasons for for these decisions. Uh, Linked to this, I think it's important that we consider how we communicate our messaging around this, given how sensitive mental health can be. So I think it's really important that we're empathetic in our approach around this. And there are a number of differences between kind of underwriting physical and medical conditions and mental health with a greater level of um, potential subjectivity around mental health. And I think it's a really important area that we uh, progress in this area. Okay, so kind of splitting down the the problems that that those suffering with mental health face with protection. Some research has shown that consumers often end up not taking out protection because they feel unable to discuss their mental health problems. So how can the industry innovate to help such consumers in the disclosure stage of the process? Catherine, what advice would you give to fellow advisors who would maybe struggle to discuss mental health with their protection clients? I think there's sort of being a level of open honesty with the clients and with yourself. Uh, you know, if you are somebody who, as an advisor, you know, I, I completely agree with Deepak, empathy is key. It's absolutely key. And that's for anybody, no matter what um, medical condition or situation that they are in and they are discussing with you. Um, with mental health, obviously, even more so. It's easier possibly said than done, but it's trying to make the person as comfortable as possible. So, you know, just try and have a general chat with them, you know, put them at ease. Even if it's a case of you suddenly find out that you're both really into football or you both love going to Zumba, you know, have a general chat, bring your own experiences into it, just to sort of make them know that you are a person. Um, you know, especially, I mean, obviously different if you may be face-to-face, but for a lot of us, we're over the phone. They need to know that they're not just speaking to a phone. And, you know, anything you can do to humanize that journey is, it can only be a positive thing. If speaking to somebody with mental health conditions is something that you don't feel comfortable with, then maybe it's a case of quickly establishing that with yourself um, and then deciding how you want to proceed. You know, are you going to say, right, you know, going forward, I'm going to continue to support this client and I just need to be aware that this is maybe going to like hit home some things I don't feel massively comfortable with for a little bit but that's fine as long as I'm aware that there's potential trigger here for myself I'm okay with that um or to maybe say you know this is maybe out of my area of expertise and what I'd like to do is you know for for you and for me you know maybe it would be a good idea if somebody else you know maybe a different advisor speaks to you so Deepak, what about from your side of the industry? Can there be a shift in the questions asked? Can providers change the wording or the way questions are asked to people looking for protection? Maybe if I just start by kind of framing, I think that awareness that we do want to offer cover is key. You know, this is the reason that the industry exists. If we can create greater awareness that we do cover a very wide range of conditions that will help and more specifically create confidence that consumers can talk about any condition in, in a confidential and non-judgmental way. I mean, that, that should be possible. And just as a case and example at Vitality, we do have our own nurses that engage with consumers around this. And it is one of our top disclosed um, conditions. And maybe just around the point uh, around language and empathy, I think those two points are 
maybe soft points, but they're really, really important. You know, just agreeing with some of the points that Catherine was making there, just making people feel safe around uh, the, the approach and the language and the empathy and humanizing the, the effect of this. Um, and additionally, I just maybe point out our approach at Vitality is different, um, largely through our core purpose, which is to make people healthier, to enhance and protect their lives. And this applies across the full health spectrum, including mental health. Those living with mental health problems are often quoted high prices or told there must be exclusions on their policies. Is there a way the industry can help ensure that they that they can get adequate full cover and are not just faced with high prices and exclusions every time they look at life insurance policies? Deepak, maybe I'll go to you on that one yeah, first. I, th- I think it's a really important point. I would state that it is important to get across that there is a desire to provide cover wherever possible. Obviously, the terms do need to reflect the underlying risks and at Vitality, we have experience of leading the way with other conditions like cover for people that have HIV and diabetes, where we've taken a really uh, active stance and we were the first to market providing cover for, for these individuals. Similarly, for mental health, it's important that we convey that cover is available. But I do think as an industry as a whole, we can do more in line with the changes that we're seeing mental health becoming more of a talked about topic with greater openness. Um, People often assume that they can't get cover if they have a condition, which is not always the case. And I think it's being able to explain that uh, you can get cover. Uh, where possible. And in some instances where the risk is greater, the premiums may be higher. But being able to do that in, in, a, in a simple way, I think, is really, really important. Catherine, do you think that there's a need for kind of um, more expansive coverage for those living with mental health problems? Um, I think there is. And I think I wanted to mirror what Deepak has said as well, is that insurers are they're getting better and better at this all the time. And they are... You know, we're seeing it less and less. You know, there are sometimes the tick box systems, but you know, that's the reason that brokers are, are here and, and advisors. You know, to be able to to speak to somebody at the insurance or like go past off like the tick box systems and see the the stories that are there and explain that to the insurer. But I think as well, you know, there is that thing that people have to have realistic expectations as well. So, you know, if somebody comes to an insurer and they want insurance and they've got some anxiety and it's pretty mild, you know, and it's, it's just purely a very, very mild um, sense of anxiety, then that's probably not going to cause a massive um, concern to the insurer. But if somebody, you know, it's the idea of, say, of being realistic, if somebody comes to the insurer and, you know, a week ago they tried to commit suicide and this week they want life insurance, there's got to be that understanding that, you know, the insurers aren't necessarily being the bad guys in that situation, they're being quite sensible and reactive to a situation as well and based upon the contracts that are currently on offer. You know, there are options for us to look at policies that don't increase the premiums, but they may be put on something like a permanent suicide exclusion, which I have to say there's a lot of people with mental health conditions that are quite fine with that because they say, well, I'm not planning on being anywhere like that again. And I never thought in the first place that suicide was covered on a life insurance policy. It doesn't really make sense that it is. Some have said the industry needs to work on understanding the answers rather than asking the questions when it comes to mental health. Uh, They argue a question and answer process doesn't give a thorough and in-depth analysis of risk in terms of mental health and that those without medical training could maybe misjudge the level of risk posed by a consumer and end up misunderstanding how mental health episodes can affect a consumer's mental state. 
is there room for a more medically based underwriting process in the industry? Um, Catherine, maybe I'll go to you first on this one. I think it depends. You know, I think there's definitely the potential um, for that. But I think it really does depend on how, a, you know, a company is set up. Um, so if we're talking maybe, obviously, I come from the broker side of things. So in my um my company, we kind of already do a bit of a tele-interview in a sense, not in the sense of it's a tele-interview, but, you know, we do a lot of that medical fact-finding, but not all companies are set up to be able to do that or have the medical knowledge to be able to do that. Um, And I think it's as well having that opportunity when you're speaking to insurers, you know, there's a big difference between speaking to maybe underwriters at an insurance who, when you can speak to them and they are the ones with the medical knowledge, based to an insurer that maybe doesn't have that kind of front line where you can speak to underwriters who have that background knowledge so you can get sort of like a really potentially amazing indication of um, terms for a client but as somebody who has that experience and that knowledge you can know straight away that that's not actually going to what's going to happen once it goes further down the line and maybe more of a senior underwriter sees the application obviously i would never dream to sort of suggest how insurers um, structure themselves or their underwriting process to to change that I do think that I personally love it actually when a client has to go for maybe a GPR or some kind of nurse's screen or something because then I know that the insurer has all the information that they need about that client and in the event of a claim that there's going to be very little chance that something's going to suddenly flag up that wasn't discussed or there is going to be any kind of uncertainty as to the um, level of their health and the severity of their condition, um, say, when that claim stage happens. But when it comes to mental health, you know, there needs to be more understanding than a tick box system. People with mental health do not fit into tick box systems. It, It just doesn't work. And sometimes there can be you know, really significant triggers that could have made somebody do something or felt a certain way or needed some medication absolutely donkeys years ago and it's still affecting their insurances. And really, you know, you can speak to one insurer and they may say, absolutely no, we're not going to be touching this risk at all. And then you can speak to someone else who goes, you know what, this person, they've done really well. They had this happen. They've had whatever happened. They've had this medication, but now look at them. They're now... You know, like a senior manager somewhere, they've got the family, they've got children, they've got a mortgage. You know, there's somebody who's really come out of the other side and we shouldn't be telling them no, we should be supporting them. Deepak, what about you? Do you think uh, there is room for a more medically based underwriting process? I think underwriting is really well developed in the protection industry, I think, um, and it's continually evolving. And in the context of mental health, I think it, it is very complex and I think it does need a deeper understanding of medical aspects, more of a holistic view. I think some of the points that Catherine has made um, are, are very valid. Uh, the, the industry at the moment um, takes a, an approach with online questionnaires and I think it works reasonably well. But I think as we're seeing societal changes around the attitudes towards mental health um, and the recognition that more people can access uh, cover from it, uh, if they do have mental health, I think becomes more pertinent. Uh, for example, if you take a look at kind of single events versus multiple events of mental health related issues, um, the scenarios may be very, very different. And it depends how an individual may be coping, um, whether they're con- managing their condition well. So as I say, I think it needs a, a bit of a holistic view of the condition. And Insurers do have medically trained individuals that are well-placed to actually assess the risks underpinning these kinds of conditions. 
and I think the underwriting processes will evolve to adapt to those uh, particular risks. Thank you for joining us today, Catherine and Deepak. Tune in next week for another edition of the FT Advisor podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.